and welcome to Rewriting the High Street with me, Catherine Price. Hi, I'm Catherine Price and I'm the Business Improvement District Manager or Bid Manager for Blackburn Town Centre in the northwest of England. It's my job to work on behalf of the businesses in the town centre and on our retail parks to deliver projects and services which benefit the businesses and the town centre area. This is a podcast series about high streets. Each chapter, I'll be doing a roundup of the biggest news stories involving and affecting the high street over the last week or so. I'll be keeping you up to date with the latest challenges and good news stories about how our town and city centres are changing, evolving and responding to the current climate. If you spot anything which you'd like included in the podcast, please contact me at rewritingthehighstreet at gmail.com. Let's get started with this week's Rewriting the High Street. The first story I want to look at in this chapter is about retail sales in January. UK shop sales volumes unexpectedly rose by 0.5% in January after falling in December, official figures show. But sales volumes dropped 5.1% compared with January last year, the Office for National Statistics, or ONS, has said. And taken as a whole, retail sales volumes are still lower than pre-pandemic levels. Also, food store sales fell in January as shoppers bought less due to the rising cost of living and high food prices. Darren Morgan, who's the Director of Economic Statistics at the ONS, said, After December's steep fall... Retail sales picked up slightly in January, although the general trend remains one of decline. There's always a negative part to it, isn't there? Fuel sales rose as prices continue to fall at the pumps, while discounting helped boost sales for online retailers, as well as jewellers, cosmetic stores and carpet and furnishing shops, Mr Morgan said. He added that after four months of consecutive growth, clothing store sales fell back sharply. Food store sales dipped again, with consumers reporting they were selecting lower-priced goods as the increased cost of living and higher food prices continue to bite. Retail analysts said January's figures showed people had been keen to make the most of sales following the festive period. When your money isn't stretching as far as it did, it makes sense to wait for the sales you know are coming, said Danny Hewson from AJ Bell. Many families decided to cut back on their Christmas gift giving and there will also be plenty of people who chose to give cash with the expectation that their children or other family members could treat themselves to the things they really wanted at a price that looked much nicer. However, Miss Hewson warned that retailers will view the figures with mixed emotions as despite the rise in sales, selling items at a discount does little to bolster margins. Lisa Hooker from Cooper added that it was hard to see how the retail sector could keep up the strong momentum after the seasonal discounts end. December looks to have been a last hurrah for consumers as inflation bites and income struggled to keep up, she said. For retailers, surviving the next six months will be critical to their success in the year ahead. So it's positive that retail sales have increased in January, but it seems like it's partly as a result of people saving their money from Christmas to spend in the sales and also 
the goods that they're buying are reduced in price so it's not actually benefiting retail stores perhaps as it, as much as it could do and it being described as a last hurrah is not very promising The next story I want to look at is about the apprenticeship levy and I must admit to not really understanding how this works and it was raised at a recent meeting that I went to so it was quite helpful to look into this story with a bit more detail and I feel like I understand what the complaints are about it now so hopefully this will do the same for you. So retail trade bodies have written to the government for urgent reform to the apprenticeship levy system as the high street loses out on £3.5 billion in unused funds. Signatories from the British Retail Consortium, UK Hospitality, Tech UK and the Recruitment and Employment Confederation or REC which represent between them 10 million UK workers have accused the government of holding back investment in training. They've said that billions of pounds worth of funding has expired under its restrictive use it or lose it scheme. The letter to the government also said that the training required to develop future workforces, increase wages and boost productivity and economic growth had been affected as a result. So under the current system, businesses are required to contribute hundreds of millions to the fund, but can only spend these funds in a restricted manner. For example, businesses cannot use the money to fund any courses that are shorter than one year in duration. And this has resulted in £3.5 billion of potential investment going unused at a time when businesses could benefit from training. The signatories have urged the government to widen the apprenticeship levy into a broader skills levy, which will allow firms to spend the funds on a wider range of high-quality accredited courses, including shorter, more targeted courses or more tailored upskilling programmes, including functional and digital skills. The British Retail Consortium Chief Executive Helen Dickinson said... The government must urgently fix this £3.5 billion mistake or it risks letting the UK's anemic productivity trail further behind its international counterparts. Retailers want to invest more in training a higher skilled, more productive and better paid workforce. They want to create more opportunities for people up and down the country. They want to contribute more to growth, but the broken apprenticeship system is a ball and chain around their efforts. Without reforms to the levy, retail will not be able to turbo boost equipping its workforce for the future. Crucially, the BRC say these changes wouldn't cost the exchequer a penny, but by unlocking that funding, businesses could invest millions more into equipping their workforces with the essential skills and training that the economy needs to grow. Research last year conducted by the BRC revealed that retailers could create thousands of new apprenticeships if the apprenticeship levy system was reformed. Now, as yet, it doesn't appear there's been an official response from the government to that letter. So I will keep an eye on the situation and report back if I hear anything further. And finally, there have been a couple of stories about dog-friendly shopping centre trials in recent weeks, which is an interesting new concept which caught my eye. The first story I spotted on the subject was about Silverburn Shopping Centre in Glasgow, announcing that their trial to allow dogs in the centre was actually to come to an end after complaints about dog poo in the building. 
A spokeswoman for the shopping centre confirmed that there had been, quote, instances of dog fouling recorded over the trial period, unquote, and that they had to prioritise human guests and our retailers. So I've looked into this and its dog-friendly trial began in October when Silverburn's management introduced the inclusive policy in response to a rise in dog ownership. It said it wanted customers to be able to shop without the anxiety of leaving their dogs behind. But the scheme is to be phased out over the next few weeks after complaints about fouling on social media and a review of feedback from customers and retailers. The spokeswoman said... We've always been clear that dogs are the responsibility of owners who must be prepared to clean up after their pets. The company's cleaning team had been available to remove dog mess, but owners were expected to respect the rules. She added, We found that many of our guests don't want the centre to be accessible to dogs for a variety of reasons, and we also had low uptake from our stores, with only a quarter participating in the trial. We pride ourselves on being a destination that's inclusive for all and appreciate that this news will be disappointing for those who have enjoyed bringing their dogs to Silverburn. However, the comfort of our human guests and our retailers must be the priority. I read that and thought good on them for trying something new and it's a shame that it didn't work out for them. To be honest, I was also disgusted that it sounds like there have been instances of dog fouling which hadn't been cleaned up by the owners and they were expecting staff to do it for them. So I thought that's probably the last we'll hear of dog-friendly shopping centres after that trial not working out. But then I read that Festival Place in Basingstoke has introduced a dog-friendly policy in response to increased demand from retailers and shoppers. And that follows a successful trial over the last four months, meaning that more than 60 stores in the centre will now allow dogs inside, including restaurants, cafes, clothes stores, jewellery stores and banks. Neil Churchill, who's the centre director at Festival Place, said, We have been hoping to extend our current assistance dogs policy to welcome dogs for some time now. Dog ownership boomed during the pandemic and we hope this will make life a bit easier for those visitors who want to enjoy a day out with us but are anxious about leaving their dogs behind. As a true town centre-based scheme, we are closer to our local community than many other comparable shopping centres. We hope that the introduction of this new policy further contributes to creating a welcoming and inclusive space for our visitors. To help local dog owners to familiarise their pet with the centre and encourage them to come shopping with their dog, Festival Place Shopping Centre is partnering with local dog trainer provider Lupo Academy, who will be making a three-week course available to all owners of puppies under 20 weeks. So this has clearly worked for Festival Place and there seems to be no suggestion of issues with dog fouling or of dogs putting off other visitors. I've had a look on their website and they've got petiquette rules, which is cute, um, including not to bring antisocial dogs into the centre, keeping the dogs on an extendable lead at all times, limiting it to a maximum of two dogs per owner, and cleaning up after your dog, as well as alerting Festival Place staff in the event of a fouling incident. They've also got top tips from the Lupo Academy for happy shopping with your dog. It's interesting, isn't it, that two similar trials have resulted in very different outcomes. I wonder whether the two case studies will lead other shopping centres to think about trialling it in their areas, or whether they'll think it's just too much of a risk. This is another one that I'd be interested to keep an eye on and see 
if we do see a number of other shopping destinations becoming dog friendly and you can understand why places want to trial projects like this because they want to be appealing to their local community um, but also perhaps provide something a bit different from other areas and so being a dog friendly shopping centre can be a USP but clearly as we've seen in Glasgow it needs to be not at the detriment of other customers. Well, that's it for this week's Rewriting the High Street. So what have we learned? We've learned that UK shop sales rose in January, which is positive, but thought to be mainly as a result of January sales and the general trend remains one of declining retail sales. Trade bodies have called upon the government to urgently review and reform the apprenticeship levy so that the high street doesn't lose out on billions of pounds of funds. And we've learned that shopping centres are experimenting with being dog-friendly shopping destinations, but with very mixed results. The news stories featured in this chapter were researched by me and any opinions expressed are my own. The stories are from BBC News, The Retail Bulletin, The Retail Gazette, and the British Retail Consortium website. This podcast was created using Anchor FM and the artwork was designed using freepick.com artwork by Starline and Macrovector. Thank you for listening. See you next time. <laughs>